0: Hi, welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Lodge. And today we had the great fortune of interviewing Paul O'Mahony, a phenomenal social media uh, teacher, really, guy that goes out there and teaches people how to generate massive revenue through social media. Halfway through the interview, we had a guest come and join us in the background so you won't hear him, but Dr. John D. Martini was there as well. But anyway, let's get stuck in, cue the music. So, my first question's gotta be to you. What are you doing here? What are you doing at this event, okay? Why are you teaching social media to audiences of people? Where did that come from for you? Where did that start, and and why do you do it?
1: Well, um, the the reason I speak about social media is it goes back exactly a decade ago. Um, I was in a corporate job for nine years. I turned 30 years of age, and I was looking at my boss, and my boss's boss, and whatever year they aged, the more stressed they looked and the more money they were making, the higher they climbed the ladder, the, the more it seemed to make them fall out of love at what they were doing, ironically, which was kind of the opposite of what I expected. I kind of thought the further you'd advance in your career, the more money you'd make, the happier everybody would go. And the, uh, also, they were uprooted and they had to move from Ireland to the US in order to stay within the company when they got to a certain height. And I started looking at this and thinking, hmm, interesting i wonder is that what i want to do do i want to go live in it was actually minnesota i would have had to move to so half the year is like minus 40 degrees or yeah. something crazy like that beautiful in the summer and at the same time i was asked to make uh 40 of my department redundant and these guys i had been working with for years i become very close friends with them and one morning i had to go in and say i'm sorry but your services are no longer required. And I remember from that day realizing, oh my God, at any point, I could be sitting on the other side of this table being told that, you know what, we don't really need middle management anymore. And around that time, I started to think there must be another way. There's gotta be something else out there other than just following this routine of, you know, uh, work harder, get an extra 4% pay rise if you're lucky this year. And I ended up going to a multi-speaker event in Dublin, ireland in 2009 february 2009 i don't even remember how i got invited or how i came across it and it was the most surreal experience because it was i think it was 10 american speakers and it was all about hey we're awesome point at your (laughs) friend and look how awesome he is and we're like it was not received well let's just say they've clearly not been to ireland they don't know how freaking skeptical we are And it was obvious they weren't being well received. So one guy just called us out and he said, I know why you guys are so skeptical. He said, because you've been brought up to believe that your wealth is going to be related to the number of letters after your name. In other words, your qualifications, your BA, your BSC, your MBA, whatever that is. And he said, look, I measure wealth not by letters after my name, but by numbers in my bank account. And I just remember when he said that, I was like, that, that hurts. That's like going right to the core. And he said, you all think you're one promotion away from suddenly your problems disappearing or if you have a business, you're one client away. Then you get the client or you get the promotion and then you think, no, no, now I'm one promotion away or now I'm one client away. And as I listened to them, the more and more I listened to these guys that were making literally millions on the internet, the more I realized I don't know anything about what they're talking about. And I turned to the people next to me, I said, this has to be a scam, right? And they're like, yeah, of course it's a scam. This, this couldn't be real. So I was like, thank you, strangers, for confirming yeah. <laughs> that the internet's a scam, right? Yeah. So, uh, and but th- that guy, that really stuck with me, letters after your name, because I'm the product of two teachers. Both my parents were teachers. So everything involved, exams, doing well in exams, get yourself, go to college, do well in those exams, and get yourself a permanent job, which were all the rage back 10 years ago. Turns out they weren't that permanent. But, uh, and I remember I decided, You know what, the one thing that truly got to me then was the guy said, I'll prove it to you, he said, look who is top of the chain when it comes to education, your PhDs, your professors, and he said, what mode of transport did they use to get to work? And he said, I'll tell you, it's a bicycle. He said, I use a Lamborghini. So which would you prefer to get around in? And that was from then on that, that Mark Twain saying about... I much uh, never let your education get never let your schooling get in the way of your education that that really rung through and actually made sense and I realized at age 30 everything I'd learned was about becoming trapped in debt and it was from then from that moment on I started to learn completely different things and my education actually truly began and it, it was with stuff like social media which is so ironic because I've written books about social media best-selling books and I don't even like it I still don't even like it but I've fallen in love with what I can do for my lifestyle, what I can do for my clients' lifestyles, what I can do for business. And it's not ultimately about what you think you like to do. I ultimately found, I found out that if you just help other people get what they want, you'll get whatever you want. But making sure you do that at a profit. So I started off with Twitter. I, I went to a Tony Robbins event. Um, I quit my job after it. It's the worst possible thing an Irish person can do is go to a motivational event because when we get into it, we actually get really convinced, but we still don't like sales. Yeah. So I did exactly what Tony said, and I quit my job that night, which is not what he recommended. I quit my job. <laughs> my boss had paid for me to be there, by the way.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, wow. I quit my job,
1: <laughs> and I didn't buy any of those things that he said. He said you need to learn now. You need to model experts. You need to follow the examples. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's the salesy bit. I'll just ignore that. I'll just, I'll just do the bit about follow your passion or uh, think until you make it. I, I said let's just do those two things and what a big surprise that three months later after I quit my job I'd actually lost all the money I'd saved in nine years on the stock market. I just knew enough to be dangerous but not enough to protect the, against the downside mm-hmm. and like that was in March 2009 when the stock market has risen literally consistently every day since, every yeah. month since and I still somehow managed to lose 30 grand all I had and At that event in Dublin, which I haven't told you yet, I actually bought three programs from three of the American guys. I just said, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is I don't use it, but what's the opportunity? What if it works? And I was so naive and so green, I just believed everything, which actually worked to my favor. So I literally followed step by step what they said, and I started applying it to Twitter. I had never opened a Twitter account before. It was after I'd lost the 30 grand on the stock market that I said, I need to go to the internet because I have no money. And it was the only vehicle I could find that you could start building a business, or making money without money. When I say no money, you need about $20 a month for the software, your autoresponder. Um, Now you can even do that for free. And within four months of getting started on Twitter, of which I knew nothing about, I was making $10,000 a month selling other people's stuff. That doubled the next month, that doubled the next month, that doubled the next month. Suddenly I was making more in a month than I would have made in two to three years at work. And even still, I was like, "This can't be legal. This can't be right." How? Because how, I've been so programmed from all the yeah. years of you got to work hard, you got to put in the time, you got to graft. Four percent pay rise maximum but, per I mean, year. You're not unusual. That's what most people think. Yeah, exactly. It's, Absolutely. Totally normal. To think that, yeah? Totally normal. But if you've got two teachers at home, it's even worse. Because at least you guys got had a chance to escape, right? <laughs> I had them every summer, every Christmas. <laughs> summer was a chance to get ahead for next year. So it was really ingrained. And I mean, who do you believe? These strangers from stage that you've never met before or your parents who love you and your friends who love you, you're, cl- you're always going to think well I think these guys have my best interests at heart but ultimately this is what I learned, you cannot learn how to get rich from broke teachers it's not possible, you cannot learn how to run a business from lecturers who teach how to run a business from a book it's like learning how to get your driver's license and you pass your exam and it's like off you go now you can
0: drive the car you're gonna crash right even though so, you're certified So you, 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 you s- kind of succumbed to what the course you said right I'm going to give it a go yeah and Twitter was your starting point. Twitter
1: was my starting point yeah okay. I had
0: 7,000 followers in seven days from starting from scratch and did you when you picked up Twitter how long did it take you to to to, to in your mind master it or at least get a, a good comprehensive understanding great
1: question I didn't know
0: this but
1: so I bought three workshops at that event in Dublin and I went to the first two and did. I didn't really follow through and they they advised you to get mentors and I said I don't like sales forget it I went to the third one I quit my job I was broke I just lost 30 grand and in seven days I got 7,000 followers on Twitter I went to the, that workshop on the last on the seventh day I could just I would paid for my flight while I had a job but I hadn't paid for a hotel so I had to get a two-hour train ride in and out to Arundel where my aunt lived slept on the floor to go into this workshop and the Organiser heard that there was a guy in the audience with seven thousand followers, which was me. I didn't know it was that a big deal, was it good, was it bad? I had no idea. I just, I was just following other people. They were following me back, and um, the guy next to me said, "You've seven thousand followers." I said, "Yeah." He said, "You must be doing this a while." I said, "No, I started last Saturday." So the orga- he told the organiser. The organiser put me up to the front of the workshop, and he said, "This guy has got seven thousand followers in seven days," and it was literally at that moment that I realised, shit, I'm an expert. <laughs> I'm an expert. It's taken me a week. It's taken me a week and I'm an expert. And all these people were like, What? You did seven what did you do? I said, It's been pretty simple. I just pressed follow like 14,000 times. And they're like, Have you got a job? I said, No. Right? And the organizer was laughing at how little I knew, but how much how much it impressed the audience. And I said, guys, seriously anybody can do this. And then they had all these questions like, What picture did you use? What name was on your account? What niche are you and I didn't know what niche meant. I didn't know actually what they meant. And the irony, Mark took me down, the, the guy who ran the event, and he, he said to me, um, like, it's great that you've got followers, but would you like to make money from? I said, yeah, absolutely. And he said, you need to, and I said, how do you do that? And he said, well, just sell some products. I said, oh, no, I, I don't have a job, I don't have products or services. And he asked me, he said, what time did you get in this morning? And I said, oh, 8 o'clock, I was here early. And he said, you know we spent the f- like half of this morning talking about how to sell other businesses' products. And I said, oh yeah, I said, you mean the affiliate stuff? And he said, yeah. And he said, what's your, what's your resistance? And I said, oh, I don't know, is it my values, or my morals, or there's just something about me that I just don't feel right selling something that I haven't bought myself? And I'll never forget what he said. Oh, he said, okay, Mother Teresa. He said, you can spend the next five years buying other businesses' products, deciding do they meet your quality standard, and go broke quickly. Or you can use a magical tool called Google type in the name of the product followed by the word reviews and let other people's money determine if it's a good product or not. And I remember thinking, well, why didn't you say that earlier because <laughs> now suddenly it all made sense to me. He said, what do you do when you buy a book on Amazon? He said, you read the reviews. You don't buy the book, read the book, and then decide if you're gonna pay for it. I said, that, that makes total sense. And then I said, but what if you promote something to somebody, even if it's amazing, and they still don't like it? He said, you only promote things that have the, a money-back guarantee. And then my next question is but sure if it's that easy why isn't everybody else doing it and he just laughed and he said that one question is why most people don't do anything they're so concerned about why is it that broke people don't do the things that help make you help you get wealthy he said if you have that question next time he said reframe it and say if it's so good why am I die doing it and he said at least then you're taking over the power you can actually get to the depth, or get deep into the issue, because it's not about everybody else. Everybody ultimately wants to be wealthy, maybe not all financially, but most people want to be financially wealthy. And we keep concerning ourselves about everybody else when there are literally 35 million millionaires on the planet. That's it. 2,208 billionaires on the planet. That's it. That's, so that's .216% of the entire population have figured out how to accumulate over a million dollars outside of your your main home right so and we're so obsessed with what the rest of the ninety nine point seven three percent are doing that we forget to just look at well what are the others doing what yeah. are they doing differently yeah. now this didn't happen overnight that literally I suddenly went from knowing nothing about this stuff to knowing a lot about it it, it was a journey yeah. it, it was a journey for me and what uh, people still say it today that you know um, one of my mentors uh, will be around later today John D. Martini. he always says you can't help Put, when you put your hand into a pot of glue that some of the glue is going to stick and the more times I go back and listen to the material I even listened to 10 years ago you let you get completely different lessons and so it's, it's been this I truly believe my education began
0: at 30 years of age well, I think Gary Vaynerchuk is good at explaining that because mm. he, his message is repeated over and over and he said that message you've heard before but yeah. it was actually this one time that you decided to do something with that information. Exactly. So yeah, I suppose that's a, a, very, it's a normal thing to think. Exactly,
1: and a lot of us, it's funny, we say the same thing in many different ways. So yeah. I've spoken with Gary many times, I'm speaking with Gary and Grant, and coming up in a couple of months, just the three of us, and it's funny, one's property, one's sort of, you know, obviously media buying, and I'm kind of mindset and business. I, I don't think there's no disconnect. You have yeah. to master both for it yeah. to work. Yeah. And yeah, we, we come at the same thing from the different angle all the time, but just it depends on which person says it in the right way on the right day before a certain person goes, I finally get it, the pennies dropped, well, parents, I guess. Well, your
0: parents would know that well because school teaching's a lot like that, isn't it? Absolutely. You can have the same subject with two different teachers and one can make that subject blow up for you in your mind amazingly and the other one's boring as in.
1: Exactly, and you can almost remember word for word yeah. the teachers that you really related to because yeah. they understood your values. What probably inherently, without even being trained, they knew how to yeah. teach well, I guess. Yeah. So,
0: do you regard yourself as a teacher now? Definitely. Yeah. And if
1: you told me that 10 years ago, I would have I <laughs> never. Like, never. Oh. But the dream for my parents was become a PhD, become a lecturer. So it was like, a, it was like the, a promoted teacher, basically. right? So, And that was always what they thought. And I was offered a PhD actually in something to do with uh, cancer and bone marrow. And I was tempted by it because it was like the dream for my parents. And then I said, fuck it, you know what? I need to start making some money. I need to get out and get a job, and off I went and got the job. But um, when I left my work in 2009, I, I was almost afraid to tell my dad. You know, it was like, because it felt like I would I let them down, and all the investing they put into me, I was kind of throwing it back in their face. But And then I was telling everybody they should quit their job, and everybody was a loser in a job. But you know what, it takes experience. I would say it takes 10 years to actually Appreciate that you know what business isn't for everybody. There's a lot of people that need jobs. They need the security of it um, They don't have the confidence. They don't have the skill sets. They don't have the know-how um, But ultimately the only way they'll ever learn it is through teachers It's through teaching mm-hmm. and it's funny when like the likes of you and me we help people and teach them a lot of people say But not everybody does what you do like wh- what are you doing? It's like should, should we close down all schools so yeah, yeah right? Absolutely. I mean how many people in school actually listen to the teacher like right? the A students maybe the B students But the rest, you know, they still take in a certain amount
0: that they're ready for. I wish that I wish that society would be or the mindset of most people in society would be more open to growing. I think that the, the what happens is as we're young, we can run through walls, can't we? And we get a bit older and we get a bit of disappointment and that disappointment starts to shape us a bit and then mm. teach us to believe. And the amount of times I've sat down with people that might have been you know, 35 years old, studied to be a chartered accountant, are still a chartered accountant, would love to do something different, but just feel there's just no way mm-hmm. that they could ever do something different. Mm-hmm. And, and it's actually quite sad when you look at that because they're not that old, mm. um, but they put the added responsibility of, I'm a father now or I've mm. got a mortgage to pay and and, and Bigger risks. Mm. But then they don't analyze what can go on um, in the hours outside of work that exactly. can bring stuff to them. And actually, listening to what you had to say earlier on, for me, it, it's that people could learn the stuff that you teach in the 5 or the 6, 7 till 10 p.m. at night, five nights a week, couldn't they? Oh, comfortably. They, they, it's about creating habits. I mean, you could if you just did 10
1: minutes a day, it's more important than trying to do one hour a day because you can do ten minutes a day, even if it means everyone I know is probably in the bathroom at least ten minutes a day right mm. so nobody can disturb you at that time and it's it's about getting into the routine I mean you started off talking with you know wishing people would have a more open mindset that's a very difficult thing to to impart on somebody um, but all I found that you can do is introduce one habit at a time that just like you you can't just suddenly overnight it's like people when they give up all food suddenly you know and and it's and then they start exercising the same day and trying to make all these changes at once none of them will stick but if you can do one small thing at a time that's how I found it works best with grown-ups but you're right on the mindset so what I do is uh, I'm I've created a company that literally targets children from 7 to 17 before they have all the negativity the stories the reasons why it won't work and we teach them about how to become, we specifically focus on money smarts. You know, because how do you get smart about money? Um, we literally had an event in South Africa over the last four days, 55,000 teenagers all learning this stuff for free. And I think when you get in at that age, you can't help but leave an impact. Especially if you put fun into that's what we call it, financial freedom. Because putting fun into finances and you can't help but leave a, a positive imprint if you get children at that age. And they're gonna be so appreciative and children talk, it's like, It's the true meaning of social media. You know, one child talking to another child about, have you done this? Do you know how to manage your money in this way? Are you saving it in these pots? And I think if we can do that and impart it in a positive and a fun way at an early age, you can truly make a a global impact rather Mm. than waiting to convince adults to teach them what they say they know and you're like, oh, I know this already. You're like, okay. Sometimes it can be really frustrating and difficult.
0: I agree with you, to be honest with you. Talk to me about... um what, what you teach people, you went on a journey, you learnt Twitter, obviously you've learnt all of the other social media tools and, and, mm-hmm. and products that exist out there and and all, all the time new things come along I mean, whether that's Twitch or TikTok and stuff like that that's yep. popular for different age groups do, do you stick to the kind of like like people did with the accountancy firms or the, or the law firms, the big four or the big five or do you spend time researching other social media channels and the value that they can bring?
1: Good question um, I tell you I'm so relieved it's, it's- 2019 now, because five years ago, maybe even six years ago, there was like a different social network every day. yeah, And everyone was going to be amazing. And everyone was going to be big. That stopped. It it, literally, the big boys and girls have come out to play, the big seven, the big eight, and nobody is getting near those. I mean, the last really big one to make it through was probably Snapchat, and that's almost, it's dying a bit, but you've got Facebook, Twitter, arguably, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, blog, um, Pinterest, right? If you've got those channels nailed down, or uh, you're going to be so, you're going to be good from a social media perspective. And I generally will not look at the others until they have breached into the mainstream market. Until I hear somebody in my normal life, not business life, talking about it, I say, "Oh right, okay, they've made the leap, right?" Because that's a ma- Google failed at it. I mean, twenty six, twenty seven times mm-hmm. Google have failed at social networks. That's how difficult it is. Yeah. So. Um, we're in a very fortunate position, that now if you just focus on those, and I mean, if you, you can get narrower. Facebook are god when it comes to social media. They've got Facebook pages, Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. They own Instagram, and most people don't know they own WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they own it. Like people don't need to leave Facebook um, to be able to buy something, to be able to message somebody, to be able to phone call somebody, to be able to video call somebody. They, they like they own the whole shebang. And it's funny when people and their own, get,
0: own currencies coming yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. As as it you know, they're bringing out their own
1: cryptocurrencies. Absolutely. You'd I mean, probably be phones in a few years. It'd be just a Facebook phone. Specifically, you won't yeah. need to go on anything else. You know, or probably just holograms. Imagine that. You had yeah. a
0: Facebook phone. <laughs> that, that, that's not an unrealistic. <laughs> no, thing to no, I, within I five said,
1: years. Yeah. Within five years. Yeah, you just, there it goes, and it's purely Facebook, and everything you need, and you get coupons and benefits and discounts for sticking on it. And the longer you're on it, the more money you make, the more cash back you get. It'll be addictive, which is the whole process, Dave. Yeah. They're selling a drug, and we're, we're, buying, we're it. buying it up. <laughs> we're buying it up, baby, absolutely.
0: Do you, do you focus on trying to teach people how to make sales on these products? Is that, is that what you're doing? You're teaching people how to use these tools to generate sales of other people's products or their own products? Or are you teaching them how to build a brand or both? I'd step it
1: back a little bit. Um, that's what people, most people are on social media they want this silver bullet okay social media is going to fix everything it's going to bring more money in which means obviously more sales and why do businesses do that because they look at other businesses on social media and that's what they're doing they're using those channels to make sales um, ultimately I find that for very few businesses um, that actually works maybe e-commerce it will work if it's a kind of a low-cost low-price product that can work but for me It's actually, and it probably sounds a bit trite and overused, but it's actually how do you use social media to build relationships, make connections, and build that trust over a period of time. And then just give them the knowledge for free. Give them the content. If you look at Facebook ads that have been ran successfully, they're not advertising anymore. They are advertising, but there's not an advert within the ad. It's pure content. Mm -hmm. And it's just if you like this, check out our next video. And what's actually happening then is, based on how much engagement there was and how long you watched that video, that's when you retarget that person where you can become a little bit more forward in your approach based on the intent that they've shown already. So it's very much actually not teaching the sale. It's about how do you, ironically, how do you get the people off of social media? Because social media is all distractions, all attention uh, targeting that's going on. So you want to get in there and get them out as quickly as you can into a more private, uh, situation like email, like Facebook Messenger, where then you can privately uh, promote or sell. And if they really don't like it, and they tell you they really don't like it, who cares? It's only it's been on a one-to-one basis, yeah. You've, in, and you can address that. But if you go onto Facebook and you say, even if you're looking for donations to the most unbelievable charity on the planet, just look at the comments. There's going to yeah. be so much negativity, so much, and hate, hate, and the charity will think, what's wrong with those people? Those people did nothing wrong. They, what happened was the charity interfered with that person's experience. They're on social media to be entertained and to be educated. And when they see this post of, you know, whatever it is, a starving child or something, saying donate, now they're like, I didn't want this. This isn't what I'm here for. So you've actually, unfortunately, you've, you've broken their, inner, their trust. Because mm. you're on Facebook to look at your friends, your family, and the, the uh, brands that you like. So you've got this amazing potential connection because the barriers are down. People aren't expecting to be sold to. So when you go in yeah, and you yeah. sell to them, they get annoyed. They get really annoyed. So it's it's just the opposite. You can let them know. Let them you know, build that relationship. Let them see that you're continuing. Yeah, yeah. And the, the more you do this, yeah. and the more you master. Turn your, it
0: down. I keep going? Sorry, I keep going. Guys, <laughs> and we've got a radio over there in the background. Just turn the volume down. He's all right. It's all right. <laughs> okay. I think just when John arrives. It's... um. So the more... This is, okay, but this is really, really important to me mm. because I went on a journey three years ago mm. and, I, and I teach people how to sell. You know, that's what I do. I've got an online e-learning product. Mm. But my journey, I was taught at the very beginning of that journey, you, you do not sell anything under any circumstances in any way mm. until you've built people's trust. Mm. So what you're going to now do is you're going to give people content and add as much value as you can mm. until such times that people mm. think you're really valuable. Mm. But... What then happened mm. is that people started to approach me. Mm-hmm. They saw that content, again, first 12 months of doing Facebook Lives, didn't get very far. First mm. 12 months of doing content, yeah, it, it was good, good in, in my mind, good content, but it didn't get very far. Mm. I'm here three years down the road now, and all of my business comes to me, and bizarrely, CEOs of companies approaching me through Instagram as opposed to what sure. some people would assume LinkedIn sure. would be the, the, the platform. So I'm starting to reap all of the benefits of mm-hmm. all of that hard work mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't have the patience to go down mm-hmm. that journey, mm-hmm. you know, like I did for 36 months of mm-hmm. build, 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 mm-hmm. before I could be in a position to get, get, get. Mm-hmm. What, what do you feel about that?
1: Well, fortunately, there's a solution for that. Um, so what, the book I've written about social media is called Rethink Social Media. I, like Rethink is the word. You did it,
0: yeah? He you bought your book there's 15 I, people behind the camera all nodding <laughs> right now <laughs> yeah, so
1: there's like, nobody behind the camera <laughs> <laughs> we're just talking to the wall um like i i, I want to own that word rethink that when anybody hears the word rethink to think of me so i've got books on rethink social media rethink money rethink time management and because it's just most of what we've been we learn about anything i found is usually incorrect it usually sets you off in exactly the opposite direction of where you need to go but It's a beautiful word in that there's seven letters in it. And I always, in the book, try and connect the R-E-T-H-I-N-K to whatever model I'm teaching. So within Rethink Social Media, I talk about right niche, evaluate who the right avatar is for E, for T it's target the right traffic, H is help for free. So this is where you're at, is you're providing content and you'll be told by experts that swing completely to one side, just keep giving content and the money will come. I found this magical solution to address the balance of uh, instant gratification, uh, where you want to make the money straight away versus, okay, I know I gotta get content out there, so how do you balance it? It was with this- You hypnotize
0: seven billion people.
1: (laughs) That's one way, just don't know how to do that yet. But the I in the Rethink model stands for immediate upsell. And this completely changed uh, the way I run my business, especially from an online perspective. Hey John, how are you? Um, because you can, there are some, here it is, here's how it works. A lot of people will say that it just needs to be content, 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 trust, 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 and eventually, let's waltz together, and eventually I might ask you on a date. But there's a lot of people that will immediately want to buy. Like when I'm at events, there's some people that will go to the back of the room and say, look, I don't want his course, I just want to pay for one-to-one. I, I know the process, we're gonna to go to this, and we're gonna go up here and up here. Let's just skip this and let's just get straight to one to one. I, I know how much it is, let's do it now. And it's, it's the very same when you give content to people. There's a, quite a high percentage of the people that you are connecting with that know you're selling something and they don't, they're aware of the walls and they're saying, let's skip the walls, let's just get straight to the end. I want to buy your stuff today. And if you actually allow that opportunity, that can cover the cost of your ads. It can more than cover the cost of your ads. So you, they still get the free stuff, they give you their details, and then you immediately say, look, thank you, congratulations. Now, I'm just gonna let you know, I know we've just met, but I know by the fact that you're interested in this that you're, look, you're probably looking for solutions quicker. And you just present that offer and you say, look, I'll be honest with you, this is literally a one-time offer. This is available now for whatever discount, you gotta obviously make it urgent and be urgent, and. Uh, be, make sure that why it's urgent is backed up, that it's actually genuine. Uh, I have found from my ads online that we are, we're running about 200 to 220% ROI per week, per week on our ad spend because of the immediate upsell. And that's before they actually go to buy our main programs. It's just a lot of people are action takers. And uh, even two years ago, um, if you were doing a launch, there was like a five day, four day, three, Nowadays people won't wait five days. They're like, I want it today. You know what, if you don't let me buy today, I won't be opening your emails for the next five days. Everything is instant, instantaneous. So just by that simple transition, you still get the person's contact details, you're still gonna build that relationship, but you're allowing yourself to immediately cash in on the people who are deadly serious. And then the N and the K are N, nurture that relationship, which is the normal business relationship that anyone have, and finally K is know your numbers. So you totally understand, how much you're spending, how much you're making, and it, it's purely a numbers game then, ultimately. You know? and So it doesn't matter what the network is, once you've got it working for you, and if you can get it to break even, that you're making uh, enough money on your immediate upsells to cover your ad spend, you're literally building a business for free. That's why one of my accountants says, Paul, you don't teach business, you teach magic. He said, because that's not business. He said, you've got to spend money <laughs> to, you've got to speculate to accumulate. He said, you're making money getting your clients. I said, I know. He said, but that's not business. I said, well, what, you, what do you want me to call it? But, but you know, he, say, he said, look, I've had over 600 clients, 600, 650 clients, and he said, the vast majority of them have either gone out of business or are going out of business. It's just a matter of time. And he said, because they follow the same old ding-dong, even though 96% of businesses will fail in the first 10 years. And, yeah. But we've got to change that. And uh, Gary says this, Gary Vee, he says that we will never, We've never been able to get attention so cheaply. And when people say Facebook ads are expensive, I'd say, "Yes, correct. Uh, you know, I'm not there to convince them otherwise. I'll say well, fair enough, right? But people in the know will realize that you can run an ad on Facebook for a dollar today, or you can run an ad on Twitter for a, a, a cent or a penny, right It can never be cheaper. There's nothing cheaper than a penny, right So and on Facebook, it will never go, go less than a dollar ever. So if you're not buying up this attention now, I mean look at, look at Tony Robbins, I mean what a great example. Um, When I went to see him in 2009, completely changed my life. 3,000 people in New York. I remember looking around going, 3,000 people, this is phenomenal. Last Wednesday in Frankfurt, 32,000 people at the same event, right? After he got some bad press or relative bad press, right? Every time that happens, he has even more people at his event. It just shows what social media does. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good news, bad news, irrelevant. Trump will probably get voted back in um, just purely because he's talked about all the time, incessantly. And you know he 's he's, he's very smart in what he's doing in marketing. Like, I think it 's a whole other day story, but you know it's, you do not need to sell uh, categorically and openly. you just invite them in, and then you have this immediate upsell that it totally solves that problem of having to feel like you're basically crossing your fingers in your case for two years going this better work, this better work, the phone better start ringing, the emails better start coming in It's just a way of filtering the, filtering the process, filtering your clients, and best of all. It allows you to immediately see if the leads that you are getting from the ads you are running, if they're good quality or not. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not getting a decent percentage of them buying the upsell, you're running ads in the wrong place. You've the wrong message in front of the wrong people. Does
0: that make yeah. sense? Yeah, now? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that um, uh, Russell Brunson talks about that a lot. Yeah, well, of course. Kind of flip funnels. Yes. So if e-commerce has been the death of the high street, what is Facebook or social media responsible for? That's uh, negative.
1: What's it negative? It stopped um, family sitting down at the dinner table uh, talking about how their day went. I think it has broken up a lot of relationships. Um, Not in the way you might think. I I was at a comedy show recently, Chris Rock, one of my favorite comedians, and he was talking about his divorce. And I think he, he said he was either married for 19 years, maybe 20 years, I can't remember exactly when, but he said, but in the age of the smartphone. And he said, that should count for like a hundred years. And he said, look, when my mother and father went to work in the morning, they did not see each other till eight o'clock at night. So they left at seven, they came back at 8 p.m. 13 hours, he said, when all the children could have died and my father wouldn't have found out till eight o'clock that night, right? But he said, nowadays, by nine o'clock, you've liked and loved and tweeted with your own partner all day. What are you doing now? I'm sitting on the toilet. Do you want an update in two minutes? You're you're on top of each other constantly. So you have nothing to talk about when you get home. You don't miss each other. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, John Martini literally just walked in the door there. And John always talks about you know attraction, moving apart and moving back together again. Apart, together, apart, together, which you know what that does. It ends up creating children eventually, right? But <laughs> if you don't move apart, uh, you, you're, you will not be drawn back together again. So it, it's actually, I think, created a lot of tension in that way that people don't get to miss each other anymore. People like, genuinely don't have that looking forward to seeing somebody. Right? It's, it's quite the opposite. So that's definitely a negative perspective from relationships. The other thing is people are getting busier and busier and busier. Your phone is there, my phone is here, your phone is there, it's within 12 inches of your hand. And nobody is waiting for a phone call from themselves, nobody's waiting for a text message from themselves, it's somebody else looking for your attention. And the faster you respond, the more you are not focusing on your goals, your vision, your life, your mission, you're focusing on helping somebody else's. And people don't see that. They're actually making themselves available. And the faster they respond, the more the other person is being trained to expect you to respond to them. So I always have my phone 100% of the time on silent. Doesn't vibrate, doesn't ring, it doesn't matter what's happened. Because I know I survived before the smartphone. Yeah. I I, I somehow managed to make it, so did you, so did you. (laughs) It's amazing, how did we survive, right? But otherwise I can't, I cannot, Support my vision my mission help people all over the planet. J- John's the exact same. John doesn't carry a phone because otherwise there is absolutely no way um, I can make the impact that I want to make like to a billion people all over the planet and empower them with the tools that they need to lead extraordinary lives So if, if you can flip that around doesn't mean I'm not having putting out messages to all the other people right? Because they're it's it's the endorphins. It's dopamine people are addicted to these devices 100% so what I try and teach people is, how do you switch that around? The fact that rather than being the consumer, that you become the producer, rather than wasting time and wasting money, you start to save time and make more money. Because it's the same device, but it's just how you use it is the key thing. It's like uh, Robert Kiyosaki says, it's, it's not the, the house or not the particular product itself uh, that decides it's a good investment or not, or whether it's an asset or a liability. It's what you do with it. So if you live in your home, it's a liability. If you rent it out, it's an asset, but it's the same house. And it's the same with your phone. Is it a liability to you in your life, or is it an asset to
0: you in your life, and your family's life? I would love to sit and talk to you for the next yeah, two or three hours. Yeah, interesting. But with <laughs> John coming here, and uh, yeah. we've got to go down and speak sure. to him shortly. Um, uh, first, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, okay? Um, first of all, thank you. You're welcome. But secondly, Can I get you back on the show? Of course. Okay, it would be great to sit, okay, with a cup of tea and to brainstorm this kind of stuff. You've got some fascinating insights. But for now, Mr. O'Mahony. Thank you very (laughs) much. Thank you you for having me and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much indeed, guys. We'll see you all very soon.